how you meet somebody and after listening to their story, think to yourself, how is it possible that I've gone this long without knowing this person? That's Sally Ann Bachman. There are three things that become crystal clear when you meet Sally Ann. Number one, she loves her late husband. Number two, she loves to sing. And number three, she loves talking to people. But there's a fourth that became apparent to me while talking to her. She loves life. Sally Ann insisted I come into her home and flip through her very large binder to see all of the photos taken of her and her family hanging out with classic celebrities. She's met and performed with people like Bob Hope, Red Skelton, Liberace, Steve Allen, Goldie Hawn, the list goes on and on. She sings show tunes and opera all over the country and all over the world. She got her start in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And now she lives in Farmington, singing jazz and blues with local artists like Delbert Anderson. Oh yeah, did I mention that she's 87 years old? She's gonna hop in the truck and I'm gonna do my best just to keep up with her because this girl's still going places. Wanna see how it goes? Come along for the ride in Ken's Think Tank. Ken's Think Tank is made possible by the following sponsors. Ken Collins Marketing. It's simple. We help small business owners get more customers. And what, do I get a transcription of this? <laughs> My manager in New York is saying, I've got to approve of everything. I, will, you're not, you, I have five kids, you're not approving of everything, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've worked with some of the best comedians. And yeah. I think it's it's rubbed off on me. And I thought somebody said to me, "You should you should become an, a a comedian as well. <laughs> You're a singer." And uh, right. I said, "Well, you know, I've worked with so many so many that I uh, I can, I've picked up things from them, and serious people don't understand me." <laughs> what is she talking about? My most favorite people in the world are comedians. So well, <laughs> you know. Some of them are great. Some uh, I worked with the greatest. When you work with Bob Hope and Red Skelton, yeah. and those guys, I mean, they are so natural at it. Yes. And, they've, and they've spent a lifetime doing it. And I can do that too. Now I'm surprised at myself. I, but, but my children don't think I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> Our children generally don't think that their parents are funny. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that I'm not the only one in the world that that happens. But it's me. Unfortunately, I was married to a man who was very dry comic comedy. Yeah. Oh, 67 years. Uh, he was just a godsend. Yeah. I was only 17 when we married and went to finish college. And he went to Korea for a year and a half. And we had five children. My husband, bless his heart, you get us together. And we just complimented one another all the yeah. time because he'd set me up and, and I'd take it or I'd set him up and he'd take it and it was all purely natural. Yeah. It was not uh, contrived or uh, it was just pure uh, who we were. Just off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've really missed him in the last three years. I just, It's been the longest three years of my life. But. All bad. So let's just kind of start from the beginning. All right, let's do Miss, that. Miss Sally Ann, is that what everyone calls you? Does anybody call Sally you Sally Ann. or just it's oh, I, Sally oh, you know, I go to anything, mom, whatever. <laughs> hey, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, great minds, right? Um, but 
but uh, most people call me Sally, and I'll start from the very beginning. I was supposed to be uh, born in Rushville, Nebraska in 1934. Hey, so everybody's getting their pencils out. Yeah, I'm 87. <laughs> My mother was going to name me after her best friend, Betty Louise, because Betty Grable was famous, and all the Bettys were big. But the nurses in the, nurse, in the hospital where I was born named all the naughty baby girls Sally Ann. And she came, brought me in and put me in my mother's arms and she said, here's your little Sally Ann. She kept <laughs> us up all night. So my mother said, oh, I love that name. I'm, and that's who she's going to be. And that's who I've been. And I'm, I've loved my name because yes. I am that baby girl grown up. <laughs> I still am very difficult for some people to understand. <laughs> my dad was the first manager Mr. J.C. Penney hired in Kemmerer, Wyoming as a manager. Okay. So he was a manager all through Idaho and Nebraska and finally was finally was um, transferred to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And my mother thought she'd died and gone to heaven coming to this nice warm country. She loved New Mexico. And uh, they were very prominent on the social scene and uh, in, in civic groups and like all kinds of stuff. So that's the kind of household I grew up in. With I had five brothers and sisters. My youngest little sister was Down syndrome, born in 1939. They didn't even know what that was, but she lived with us all of her life until she died and when, when she was 50, and, uh, and she was the closest to me, so she got to go to, with me a lot when I was in high school. Yeah. She wanted to always be a high school girl, but <laughs> I was a singer. I played the marimba, and I played the piano. My mother knew exactly what to do with me. She sent me to a girls' finishing school in Dallas, Texas, Miss Hockaday's School for Young Girls, where all the prestigious daughters uh -huh. of wealthy uh, oil men sent their daughters while they were in Venezuela. So I had a wonderful education. Uh, I was in private school all my life, the exception of one year, when they tried out uh, uh, public one year of public schools. My birthday being a January 31st, I. I didn't get into school when I, I, I didn't start school when I really would like to have like all my friends. So I was always a year behind. Well, when I went to Hockaday, I, I did nothing but study and work and, re, and do all the things I was supposed to do. When I came home, I skipped my junior year at Albuquerque High School and became a senior that year. They had this big contest and I won it for the state of New Mexico, for the state of New Mexico. Well, I won it every week that summer. Yeah. They had uh, audition or competition every week and I won the first week and then they had different people on different weeks and at the end of the summer then they had all the comp people who were competing to perform against each other at right. the El brand new theater, the El Rey Theater in Albuquerque. And, uh, I won that so it, the prize was to go to New York City and to appear as New York's or New Mexico's representative on the Ted Mack Original Amateur Hour which was what, what generated years later into The Voice, oh, the TV Voice. Okay. So I won that in 1951, my senior year. So I won a scholarship to Juilliard School of Music. Wow. And I also won a scholarship to study with Madame Vera Schwartz at the Metropolitan Opera House the next year, as soon as I turned 18. In the meantime, they sent me off to college, and there I met the man of my dreams. And he, was a, he had been a returned missionary from the church. And uh, I'd grown up in Albuquerque, as I said, and uh, went to BYU, and we got married that first year, and uh, 
then, uh, well, as all married couples, after a little while, you find that you're in a family way, and uh, so we decided to go back to Albuquerque, and we'd both get jobs. My folks were pretty well off, his were too, but in those days, we didn't borrow money from our right. folks, you know. We went out and got jobs, so he got drafted into the Army, and it was the Korean War. Right. He got sent to Korea for 18 months, and I stayed home and went to the University of New Mexico. Got another year and a half into my, so by that time I have two and a half years. He'd been to college two years by that time, two and a half years. So when he came home from Korea from the war, fortunately he came home. Yeah. Uh, we decided we would finish at Utah State University in Logan, Utah, because that's where his father had graduated from. and. We could get the GI Bill, and we could get veterans housing, yeah. and be self-supporting, and yeah. our parents, all they did was pay our tuition, which was $100 a semester. Wow. Yeah, those were the good old days. Good old days. And they gave us $50 extra to buy our books. Yeah. But that was up to us, and we graduated uh, from college in 54, and stayed for a year for our master's. and. Then we decided we were tired of being poor, so we would uh, we looked for a job, uh, and we both graduated in education. Uh, I graduated graduated in music education, and he graduated in political science and all that, like guys do. So we got a job in uh, where did we get a job? Well, the first one we got one in in Utah, but they didn't pay very well at all. So we moved to California, and he always wanted to live in California. We just kept teaching for a while. Both got the equivalent of my master's degree, and uh, in the meantime, I heard about a, a big contest going on in Anaheim, California, which was about 20 minutes away from my house. Okay. My husband said, go down there and audition, see if you'd like to do that. So I did. Well, there were 3,500 people wrapped around that theater in the round <laughs> across the street from Disneyland. Yeah. And they took them two or three weeks to finally get that narrowed down to a company size group, which was uh, seven singing girls, seven singing boys, four dancing girls, four dancing guys. And they did Broadway musicals, and they always brought in a big movie star for the lead. Okay. And our first one was Annie Get Your Gun with Betty Hutton, who yeah. made the movie. And I got in, I got in. Wow. And uh, Goldie Hawn was a dancer, and I was a singer. <laughs> yeah. So. At any rate, that was my beginning, and I was there for seven years. So then we're, tra we're traveling. We're building a show in Anaheim, and then for two weeks we do it, and then we go to San Francisco and do it two weeks up there at Circle Star, and then we'd start building a new show for Anaheim and do the Round Robin. And I did that for seven years, and I eventually went up, 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 because my, I'm a caller to a mezzo, which is a rare voice. That means I have a real high voice and a real low voice right. and everything in the middle. And I uh, was in Actors' Equity right off the bat. So I was in professional theater. Yeah. So it, it, just, it just happened. Yeah. So in the meantime, I'm still studying with a wonderful man in, in Beverly Hills. Now he moved from Hollywood to Beverly Hills. He was Julie Andrews' teacher, and I'm studying... Uh, more serious music to do community concerts and about that time a man by the name of Stuart Nall from New York who was the who was the big wheel in New York 
he heard me and I was singing at the Shriners Auditorium where they held the, the Academy Awards. Okay. My dad was a Shriner. Well, at any rate, uh, he heard me and he offered me to uh, the job of being a community concert artist. Meantime, I have a third baby and then third little boy and then I have to have a fourth one. Now all these boys are five years apart yeah. because I had things to do. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have babies, bang, bang, bang. I, they're all five years apart. Yeah. So um, it was a real challenge to be, but my husband worked with me and he, he, boy, once my career started going and he said, hey, sky's the limit. Do what you want to do, do it. I did that for a number of years and I was with Columbia Artist Management in New York but they booked all my concerts all over the United States and Canada. And then I met two opera men. So they said, have you ever thought about coming to Europe and doing opera? And I said, well, I, I was doing opera in the United States by then anyway. We talked it over and he said, well, what do you, what do you think? Do you want to do that? Well, kids are all gone now. So he said, well, let's, let's go to Germany and see. So we went over, the wall was still up. Uh -huh. And I auditioned for the East Berlin Opera House and the West Berlin Opera House. And I had to go through Checkpoint Charlie all by myself because by that time my husband had gone through law school so he could read and write all of my contracts. Okay. So I went, uh, and he was taking his, his exams that, that particular time. So I went to Germany across Checkpoint Charlie all by myself and had to sing. Uh, for the intendant, that's the head guy at the opera house. Uh -huh. And uh, so at any rate, about, we've been married about 35 years at this time, about 30 years. And so, but I'm singing all over by then, all over the world. Yeah. And it just was wonderful. It was a second honeymoon. I mean, <laughs> we were out seeing the part of the world we want to see and, and I was singing and paying for it. And he was with me as my attorney and also my manager, my personal manager. That's, that's how my professional career started. Meantime, kids are married, having their kids, yeah. and, and I'm singing still. <laughs> Here I am at 87, still singing. Wow. I tell you. But now I'm singing jazz and blues, but not, not as much jazz as blues. I do music now like Ella Fitzgerald sang. Right. But I also did country when I was doing community country. It worked, and, and I know that with all of the comedians that I worked with, because I could handle every situation in a comedic way that maybe got out of, t out of, uh, out of sorts on the stage. Um, I handled it well, and so I've always, I've always had kind of a comedic following as well, but uh, I've never ever thought about being a stand-up comedian. <laughs> but my third son is a stand-up comedian. So is he really? Yeah. Your education career, was that in music or? I, I graduated with a music education degree in elementary and secondary education. Okay. And that's what we did when we first got out of college. We both taught. He taught, um, at one time, he taught uh, at Chino Men's Prison in Chino, California. Okay. And because he worked well with men and he was a big man, not, not, over, not overweight, but he was tall, six, over, over six foot. Wow. And he was very... Um, he was offered the job to help these men at Chino Men's Prison get their GED okay. so that when they got out of, when they got their GED, when they got out of prison, they could get a job. Yeah. 
and the men loved him because he had that comedic flair <laughs> but he would also say you know George you're goofing around too much and you're going to be on uh, you're going to be on confinement if you don't settle down and get this work done because mm -hmm. he said I'm not going to pass you if, unless you've earned it right so they knew that he was the kind of man that had a good sense of humor but but he was serious. But he was serious about them right. being able to take care of themselves and their families when right. they got out of prison. So that was a kind, another kind of uh, uh, an asset for me to have somebody like that because yeah. he was really a, a good thinker. You performed in New York? Uh, yes, I did, I did perform, yes, in New York, all over the United States with community concerts. Uh -huh. no. Sure did. Did you live in New York? Or no, I was traveling so all were, the time. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, we had three black stretch limousines, and oh, he loved to drive that limousine. <laughs> and he'd say, "Get in the back, I'm I'm driving you." Yeah. Roll the window up, <laughs> and uh, he'd put his chauffeur's cap on, and we'd go into Hollywood or wherever yeah. we were going. And boy, the police would—they just stop traffic and open gates for us, and he just got the biggest kick. He he was he was just so much fun to live with because he had such a great sense of humor. Yeah. But yet he could be very serious if he needed to be. Yeah. You know, we'd be on the freeway in California going into a concert. Well, they'd see us coming, and they'd be, oh, they'd open all the performers' gates and. Have we have preferred parking and all that kind of thing because I was singing or performing. I sang a lot with big symphonies. I loved working with symphonies. You're still singing. You're that's oh, what you're singing is blues and jazz. Right? That's what I'm doing. Yeah, but but I still sing church music. Sure. I can sing, but I don't. Uh, and I can still sing opera. And I can. Re I've I've remembered uh, most of the um, most of the arias that I sang. I remembered. I could do them in a concert, but um, symphony work was another thing, and oratorios, I, I started doing a lot of oratorios, the right. Messiah and those things like that, so I really branched out into all forms of music, and uh, so yeah. when I moved to Farmington, it was, I got in that jazz group with Delbert Anderson, who was an absolute genius, Yeah. but, but I'm, I'm kind of a flirty little Mozart singer, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody's honey to me, even though I named my daughter honey. You know, I uh, I have no trouble talking to people, Yeah, as you can tell. Yeah. So. Oh, you're a delight. Oh, I don't know me. about that. I but. don't know how I've not known who you were. I know everyone that you've mentioned. Yeah. How have I missed you? I, well, I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of been undercover. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know when you get to be an old lady? Who wants to go hear an old lady sing? Oh, jeez. But, you know, I've got, I've, I've, I've cultivated an audience here. Yeah. Do you have a favorite song that you like to sing? Well, uh, 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 my husband's and my song was Too Young, Nat King Cole. Oh. That was our song. We grew up in the, in the age where when you dated a boy, you always had a... They always had a favorite, a song with that guy. Yeah. And sometimes your your repertoire became very limited when you dated a lot. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that reminds me of John. He was a mess. Or George. He, I wouldn't go without with him again. But um, but I think my favorite song is Fish Gotta Swim and Birds Gotta Fly. I've got to love one man till I die. 
can't help loving that man of mine. From Showboat. Very pretty. That was the song that I sang on my first audition when I went into when I went into professional show business. Yeah. That was the song I sang. Yeah. And I didn't start, I didn't know you were supposed to just do the best eight bars. <laughs> I started right from the verse, and I went through the whole thing. That's what a novice I was, right. you know. But um, I think uh, that's always been my favorite song because, number one, it means something to me for on many, many levels. Uh-huh. Because uh, I don't have to forget a man in my life. Right. I've got, I've got a man that, that I'm going to remember. Yeah. I, I did something very cruel once. It was an old man that was chasing me around in the Civic Center. I said, are you sure you're never going to get married again? <laughs> and I think I was you two or three. No, I would think I was a couple of years older than he. And it, but I said, no, I'm, I'm not getting married again. Why not? And I said, you know why? I've had caviar all my life, and you kind of look like a hot dog hamburger man to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> oh, he shot the poor guy down. I, that was really mean. That was really mean, but it did not. The next week he sent me roses. Of course, yeah. Men are persistent. <laughs> and you're you're an absolute beauty, so, I mean. <laughs> not really. <laughs> as long as you are walking this planet, there is going to be a man chasing you. Oh, man. That's how can I do it You're with this cane? <laughs> I have to hit him with my cane. I'm outliving all the men. What do you mean? <laughs> That's the trick. <laughs> That's the trick. Outlive them. <laughs> this has been an absolute delight. I've just really enjoyed it. I don't know. When I listen to it, I'll probably have to put earplugs in. Oh, my kids, I won't even tell them. They'll say, Mother. Mother. Ken's Think Tank is made possible with help from these fine sponsors. Basin Home Health and Hospice. I know who you are. I know what you want. If you're looking for print and radio ads, I can tell you that's not what I do. But I do have a particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a godsend for business owners like you. If you hire Ken Collins Marketing to build your website, people who look for you online will be able to find you. But if you don't, they will look for you. They won't find you. And you'll go out of business. KenCollinsMarketing.com